Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back on the block. E. Strick and Austin Orman here. We are on the block, and you are on the block, and also former on the block personnel, partner, friend, brother, a friend of the show, the hokey ho, the, the Homer, the Homer hokey, Homer, whatever we call him, I can't remember, but he's Garbo, and so is his bracket. So, <laughs> Nate Doggy Dog, what's up, man? It's always good to hear from you. You all right? Uh, yeah, what's going on, guys? Hey, listen, I thought you guys forgot about me. I know you had a lot of high school basketball that you were going over. I made a quick appearance in Lincoln, said what's up to everybody. Haven't been on in a while. Good to be back, and uh, looks like we're going to talk about some college hoops happening tonight. Well, I mean, we're going to dig into it because I know your bracket is busted just about like everybody else's at this point. Um, so, tell me this. Uh, how bad did you screw up this year? And what what has been your biggest surprise up to this point? And um, going forward, as you're looking at things with games going on tonight, uh, if you could do a, what is it called, like a redraft, a, re, a redo, looking at it like uh, through a crystal ball, who, who, who would you be able to kind of see now after you've seen them play uh, as your final four? Ooh, um... I would say my biggest non-surprise streak, believe it or not, was Purdue. I didn't have them losing to, to FDU. I don't know if anyone did. And I had them going out early. I did. Yeah, right. I had them going out early. I had them losing to FAU. Right. So I, I had that right. I had Purdue going out early. That one didn't surprise me as much. Uh, I actually had Marquette making a run to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. They really surprised me. A great season in the Big East. The Big East uh, – had I think it was five teams in the tournament. Marquette wins the Big East outright, wins the Big East tournament, has the Big East player of the year in Tyler Kolick, and then gets bounced in the second round. That was a head-scratcher to me. I guess never bet against Mr. March and Tom Izzo. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think what's so fascinating about this, and especially when we, we bring in Nebraska and the perspective is Creighton, I know regionally we've been talking about them all season, but it just seems like out of nowhere, now everyone's saying, oh, how about this Creighton team? We've known about them all season, right? Kulkbrenner, Nemhard. I mean, the list goes on and on. McDermott, another great season uh, at the helm as their coach. I would not be surprised to see Creighton in the Final Four, Strick. I tell you what, I, I think Alabama is going to be a really tough team to beat. They're the number one overall seed for a reason. If someone's going to beat them, I think it's Creighton. Creighton opens as a 10-point favorite tonight against Princeton I think they win the game I wouldn't touch the spread but if if you had to ask me right now head-to-head Alabama Creighton give me Creighton I'll take him in the final four love Texas I'll be going to that game tonight Texas against Xavier unfortunately Miami defeated my uh, Indiana Hoosiers so they're not gonna be one on site Texas uh, I'm gonna go ahead and go with FAU Mm. final four I'm gonna Mm. go FAU um, and then I think Gonzaga. I think Gonzaga pulls it out. I think that was a gritty win last night against the UCLA team that I know has had injury problems the entire season. But uh, I think Gonzaga and their comeback win, I think they're proving that they're a Final Four team. Uh, so I'm going to go with that as my Final Four. Wow. That's interesting because, uh, uh, you know, some some people have thrown this out to include my uh, new partner, Austin, uh, has thrown out the fact that uh, UConn, 
He said, keep your eye on them. Mm-hmm. And I, I really got a chance to look at them. And what they did to Arkansas, I was like, wait a minute. Um, I'm going to love that, that matchup between Timmy and Sonogo. I'm, I'm, I'm looking yes. forward to that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, too, just, just to go off of that, I think the reason that I like Gonzaga this year, and I, and I kind of want to know what you guys think, too, is that whenever Gonzaga enters the tournament with a lot of hype, it always seems like there's a letdown, right? But this is the first year that Gonzaga as a three seed isn't really talked about that much, right? I mean, we, we didn't really talk about them much before the tournament. They've just slowly handled their business. They take out the two seed last night in a comeback win. I mean, UCLA looked like the best team in the country in the first half, and they forgot how to shoot the basketball. It looked like me in the second half, crying out loud. <laughs> I think Gonzaga being under the radar works in their favor. But I agree with you, Strick. That UConn-Gonzaga matchup is going to be awesome to watch. Well, Yeah, Nate, Gonzaga hasn't lost a game since February 4th. I mean, they've only lost five games all year. They're 31-5. and five. Uh, Their first three losses were on the road at Texas. Forgivable. Uh, right. Game three of the year. Uh, Purdue, when Purdue was playing, you know, lights out at the beginning of the season in that uh, Phil Knight legacy tournament, whatever, up there in Portland. Uh, lost by one point uh, at the Pentagon. Uh, up in Sioux Falls to Baylor. So three forgivable losses there. A, a weird one uh, with Loyola Marymount coming into the Kendall beat them, And then you lose in overtime at St. Mary's. So outside of the Loyola Marymount loss, it's hard to say anything Gonzaga did was that bad. It just wasn't, oh, Gonzaga's running the table this year. Yeah, and I think what's so interesting when you look on, on the flip side is that Gonzaga, I mean, you, you always question their strength of schedule. That's always going to be a big question with Gonzaga. They now have a few games under their belt. That's why they're always the letdown team, right? I mean, once you get into the Sweet 16, you can't avoid any good teams. They're in the Sweet 16 for a reason. But on the flip side for UConn, I think what always keeps throwing me off is, guys, if you remember that stretch where they lost, I think it was like six out of seven, seven out of eight or something, and then they came back, and, and I don't know what the, the record is right now, but they've been on in tear, too. I mean, UConn has just been this back-and-forth team. At one point, they get up as high as number two in the country. But for some reason, that stretch in the middle of the season just keeps throwing me off. Uh, I know they're hot right now. Gonzaga and UConn are honestly some of the best, the, one of the hottest teams in basketball, both of them. Um, I think that probably is going to be the game to watch unless we do see an Alabama-Creighton game, which I think we will, because Alabama guys – hasn't been even – no one's really played with them this tournament. And even if you go back into the SEC tournament, no one's even competed. And now we're talking about a Creighton team that I think honestly has a shot at taking them out. Yeah, I I, I wouldn't like to see that. But the thing that, right. the thing that scares me about Alabama is that Brandon Miller can score zero points and they can still put the claims on you. They can have an off-shooting night and they still defend really well. So I, we know we talked about Creighton as a – you know, final four dark bird, I guess, given that they're Blue Jays before the season. But, man, it would be hard for me to pick against Alabama unless Creighton really turns it on against Providence. Um, I just, for some reason, in, there's something about Alabama and the SEC, and maybe that's just because, I mean, you can ask Jake Bakovin, he'll tell you, until his face is blue, how much I can't stand the SEC. So I think that <laughs> might be a little bit biased. But, I mean, like, outside of Alabama, guys, who who in the SEC impressed you this season? Missouri, they got smacked by Princeton by double digits. Texas A&M, 
They got bounced in the first round by 20-plus. I mean, the SEC as a whole, I don't see it. Alabama, deservedly, I think, got the number one overall seed. But if if you had a matchup between Wilkes is the better conference this season, SEC, Big East, I would take Big East. I think Creighton would be more prepared for this game. But I think a lot of it does depend on Brandon Miller. I think a lot of it does depend on Nate Oates uh, coaching the way that he has all season, one of the best coaches in the country. So there's a lot of factors. But, again, I, I just look at the conference and how prepared you're going to be for a game like this, and I give the Creighton the edge in that. Nate, you and I both despise Miami for, for different reasons. Um Ugh. They're going to give Houston a game tonight, I'm afraid. I mean, that's that's going to be a heck of a matchup. Houston's really talented, but it, it's guards that win in March. And Jim mm-hmm. Laraniega knows how to recruit guards. He's got another few good ones. This is probably the game I'm most excited about tonight. Oh, Austin, you know that's going to frustrate me because if there's anyone that doesn't like Miami more than you, it's probably me. Oh, my goodness, I can't stand Miami. They take down Indiana, uh, longtime rivals of Virginia Tech, which – don't even get me started about <laughs> Virginia Tech and Miami not playing every season. Getting rid of that uh, OG Big East rivalry is just beyond me. Don't even get me started on that. But uh, I'd probably agree with you. I, I think it's going to be a game. I don't see Miami coming out on top in this one just because I think holistically Houston is probably the second-best team in the tournament behind Alabama. Um I, I would give Houston the edge, but I think when we're talking about the Midwest as a whole, Texas in, in the stretch that they've had in the Big 12 tournament and then taking down Kansas handedly in the Big 12 championship, they've run the table. I mean, I, I know they had a little bit of a scare there against Penn State. Uh, I think they get through Xavier handedly. I think that Texas is probably your team to beat in the Midwest. That's that's who I picked to win it. Actually, I got them uh, out there. Um, I also kind of picked. I, I can't believe that they let me down. Uh, I I thought Arkansas was going to put a better showing out there. Um, I thought across the board their their length and all of that. Um, you know they they were feeling good about themselves. The run that they were making, I mm-hmm. thought that was going to be a little bit better. But let real quick before we let you go, because we appreciate you and we know you're out there about to witness Texas do uh, what they're supposed to do, and that's mm-hmm. getting my bracket a little bit further along. <laughs> um, their NBA, uh, the freaking Lakers just jumped into the ten spot. This is how crazy that bottom half is. I mean, let's be honest. With uh, right around maybe nine games left, eight, nine games left uh, for most teams, uh, they can still go as high as the fourth seed. Who who between the Clippers, Golden State, Minnesota, Oklahoma, Dallas, Lakers, or the Jazz, who's going to be left on the outside looking in? Oh, that's a tough question because when you talk about the NBA, I mean – it is completely a, a crapshoot, especially like you said in the Western Conference. I mean, even Eastern, Eastern Conference is, is kind of a jumble right now. Uh, I'd probably say today OKC would probably be the odd man out. Uh, I do think the Lakers get the playoffs and, and listen, to be entirely honest with you, the Lakers are playing pretty well right now. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Lakers jump up and get that sixth spot uh, and jump Golden State, Dallas, and Minnesota. 
Uh, I'd probably say OKC. I think they're young, but the thing that's scary about OKC is they have every draft pick under the sun over the next three seasons, so they're only going to get better. And they've um, won eight out of their last ten, so they're they're right. not they're not like bowing to nobody right now. No, and and I think that's just kind of what, what worries me a little bit is that OKC was kind of out of the picture. They're a young team. Um, Gilgis Alexander is obviously going to be a superstar in this league. I, I just don't think that it's really time yet. I think their time will come. But again, Strick, if you ask me right now, will the Lakers make the playoffs? Not only do I think they make the playoffs, I think they're going to make a run and lock up that six seed. Wow. Keep your eye on that. We'll maybe check back in <laughs> next week and see how far mm-hmm. we've gotten uh, towards that. Um, Nate, enjoy the game. Have a great weekend, my friend. Thanks for joining us on the block. You're always welcome here. We appreciate you once again. Nate always Brennan. appreciate you guys. I will talk to you guys next week. There he is, Nate Brennan, joining us on the block. That is the Hokie Homer, um, Nate Brennan, who was a longtime member of uh, on the block, took a, a nice job down in Kansas City and uh, gave you a nice – opening so you you're not you're not Doug McDermott you you know you're a little you know you're not the the no I shot better than he did you know you're you're not the uh the the Penn State you know guy that they're trying (laughs) (laughs) to find the fill in for you you understand where I was going with that (laughs) yes yeah but we gotta take a break on the block 93.7 the ticket we'll be right back finish it up uh we'll cross over we don't know who's in the building right now if there is anybody we haven't been out out of the studio we've been here chopping it up because we're on the block we'll be right back uh in a minute